Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We tackle everything related to airlines and sometimes beyond. This week, we talk about just how insane this summer's gonna be. Uh, or already is. <laughs> Fair point, Dave, this is true. The summer travel season officially began Memorial Day weekend, and it was an epic shit show. <laughs> so, <laughs> looking forward to oh so much more of that in the weeks to come. Uh, yeah, that is quite the summary of our current situation. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. So get those honeymoon flights ready, Dave. It's gonna suck. You know, first of all, you don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Uh, <laughs> second of all, that is incredibly pessimistic, even for you. I know, I know. I, I Look, I have trouble with this because we see it so intimately, right, with cranky concierge. Like, we just see people getting disrupted left and right, and the options are slim to fix the problem. So, you know, I, I have a different view than most. I'm sure your honeymoon will be just fine. Uh, I really hope so. <laughs> you probably shouldn't have gone with the four-stop option, though, through Chicago, uh, uh, New York, Philly, and correct. DC. I definitely, I definitely did that uh, against the advice of my travel advisor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I obviously, I really hope that my honeymoon, uh, you know, everything goes well. At least the departure. Um, <laughs> well, coming back, I don't care so much, but uh, well, you know. The the headlines have been all over the place saying how the airlines are melting down this summer and the world is ending. And uh, nope, those are two different headlines. <laughs> Both may be true. <laughs> <laughs> but let's focus on the, the airline problems only. Uh, you know, th- this is not an airline meltdown. Like, uh, you know, last summer when we saw Spirit cancel half its flights for a week. Uh, th- this is just a... A vile mix of overscheduling, bad weather, understaffing, limited capacity. What I miss it? No, that's probably about it. Really? That's it? Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I could make some more stuff up. Godzilla. All right, so <laughs> let's just, just break me. this. Uh huh. Let's just break this down for people. Okay. Um. So let's start with the headlines from last weekend, which were about delays and cancellations. Yeah, well, that's kind of every weekend, I think. But Mm -hmm. I guess we do have to start somewhere. So let's start with Memorial Day as the official beginning there. Uh, It was uh, mostly a combination of understaffing and bad weather. You know, in in the most basic sense, this happens every summer. The weather in the Northeast was terrible the Friday uh, before Memorial Day. And the skies just are barely able to function when the weather's good uh, out there. It's just so crowded. So bad weather sends everything downhill. The arrival rate gets reduced at the airports. And if there are you know, storms they can't get over, it disrupts the airspace. and it's just, just a mess all around. And that happens all the time. All right. I, I've been stuck in that before. I think we all have. But uh, you also mentioned understaffing. And uh, that had something to do with it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Memorial Day weekend, the, uh, the bell of the ball there was Delta. Which didn't actually do all that bad compared to the others, although they did cancel way too many flights on Friday. Uh, But Delta usually does so much better than the rest that any kind of poor performance gets highlighted for those guys. Uh, But anyway, Delta had already warned people things were going to be tough. Um, In fact, they knew it was going to be so bad, uh, even before Memorial Day, uh, when they were canceling everything, that they cut another 100 flights a day out of the July schedule to try and make it easier so that you know, when you're flying for the 4th of July, you will be in better shape. 
All right. Uh, so it was May last week. Uh, they couldn't do it any sooner than July. Apparently not. The thing is, they they've built their crew assignments and aircraft routings for June, and you know it's it's June, so it's really <laughs> hard to to rebalance the schedule this late in the game. Um, some airlines do it, uh, especially if they have a more simple network. Frontier has no qualms about canceling flights all over the place, but for them it might be easier. It's just, okay, we're going to cancel this round trip from one city to another, and then you just remove that from the schedule. It's easy, but when you have these complex mega network carriers where you know everything is tied to each other in different ways, it's not as simple. It makes it a little tougher to do, I guess. Or, or maybe I'm just trying to give Delta excuses. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this means that things will still be terrible until July? Maybe? <laughs> Look, if the weather's bad on the weekend again, then yeah, it's not going to be good. <laughs> but if it's not bad, then it, it'll definitely be smoother than Memorial Day weekend, but it, it still won't be good. I mean, look at Florida. Florida's underwater. It seems pretty clear that someone is like, no, we're going to. We're going to get this climate change thing. We're going to speed this up. Just get rid of you now. <laughs> so, you know, that's a that's a continuing big issue. As we right. record this, this upcoming weekend looks like maybe Saturday, maybe bad in the Northeast. It, it's not going to be a good year. All right. So, and this is not just Delta? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not just Delta. United American do seem to be better prepared. Uh, at this point, at least with their schedules, um, Alaska though really bad spring. They cut their summer schedule back a ton. Mm-hmm. JetBlue, uh, JetBlue just has not run a good operation in a long time. That, that's mm-hmm. just their mo. So hard hard to say that this is anything uh, unique right now. <laughs> um, but ultimately, bad weather in any hub will crush that airline in that hub. So it's. It's it's like playing cancellation roulette. Mm. So how did we get here? Blame Canada. Oh. Blame Canada. Mm. First of all, we yeah. can't make this a, a an every pod thing where you just break into song. Uh, Why not? And, because we will lose what listeners we have. Uh, <laughs> and, and second of all, uh, why are we blaming Canada? Is this when we're going to jump the shark when we do like a whole musical episode? <laughs> uh, we will not be doing a whole musical episode. <laughs> That'd be pretty amazing, though. But no, we're not actually blaming Canada. This was solely about working a song into the episode somehow. Fantastic. <laughs> but you can blame COVID. Mm-hmm. But that's not as good of a song. Uh, you also you can blame the U.S. government for trusting the airlines would do the right thing. Mm. Uh, oh, you can also blame the Great Resignation. There, there's so much. That's a lot of blame to go around. Uh-huh. But it's true. Because, see, when the feds dished out the money to the airlines as the pandemic dawned, they said, airlines, you can't lay anyone off. That's why we're giving you money to pay these people so you don't have to pay them. But what they didn't say is that the airlines couldn't offer early retirement and other incentives to get people to quit. <laughs> so they they literally took the government money that was meant to pay employee salaries and used that to bribe people to leave. Yeah, that is uh, remarkably dumb. 
on the side of the government, maybe not on the airlines, yeah. but yes, in hindsight, for sure. <laughs> uh, but of course, look, at the time when this was happening, no one was flying anywhere. We didn't know what was going on with the pandemic. They were just trying to keep the industry afloat. I can understand that. But then they extended it two more times, which is mind bogglingly stupid. Uh, the airlines really did impressive work with with all these gifts from the government to just squander it. Oh, yeah, lobbying for the win. Uh, yeah, uh, so everybody quit. Not everyone, but <laughs> <laughs> some airlines were more successful at bribing employees than others. <laughs> y- you want to guess who is the most successful, considering what we've already been talking about? I'm gonna guess Delta. Winner. <laughs> So check this out. Looking at the um, government employment statistics, uh, at the end of 2019, Delta had 90,406 employees. By the end of 2020, it had shrunk to 62,786 employees, nearly a third of the employees that the airline had left. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of jobs gone. Now, to be fair... It came back up relatively quickly. So by the end of 2021, it was back up to 81,679. And by March of this year, it was up to 85,774. But you have to keep in mind, this is not just a numbers game. Because Delta lost a lot of experience here during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. The the Wall Street Journal had a pretty amazing quote. Hold on. Let me get this. The... uh, the median employee at Delta received 41% less in 2021 at 70,240 than 2019's 118,198, primarily because of the large number of new workers it added as travel rebounded. <laughs> that is pretty amazing. Right. So now you consider you still have fewer employees than you had before, but you also have less experienced employees. So they probably don't work as quickly and no question they're slowing something down as they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> because just because someone's an employee doesn't mean they're actively contributing to the company. Wait, how do I get that gig? No comment? <laughs> <laughs> Funny guy. What I mean is that uh, pilots in particular, they have strict training requirements. They're trained to fly only on one airplane, and they have to be flying regularly to stay current. Uh, otherwise, they have to go back for more training. And so during the pandemic, you had Delta retiring the 777 fleet, American, the 757, 67, and A330. Um, You know, you just have a bunch of shifts in what they're flying, even if they're not retiring all the airplanes. And so with all those changes in capacity, combining with the people who took the leave of absence and are now back, and the people who retired and then new people coming on, so now you have this insane, like, huge amount of retraining requirements that just gum up the system and prevent people from actually being able to fly until the training work is done. So when will that work be done? It's never actually done. Pilots (laughs) move around all the time. Uh, It's just there's a a much higher level of training demand post-pandemic than there normally is, and they don't have the tools to make that happen for everyone right away. I don't know when they'll be back at normal levels of retraining, but it's been insane. And you know, most airlines tried to predict this the best they could and scheduled what the company could handle, but some were wrong. Delta was one. Alaska was another. <laughs> and Southwest is probably only okay now because it messed up so bad last year. <laughs> so they <laughs> got more conservative. Uh, but they've all had issues because uh, this is something we've just never dealt with before, figuring out how things are going to come back. 
Right, which brings us to another point here. Uh, all this drama for twice the price. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's the other part that makes it so miserable for travelers, because demand has gone bonkers. People want to get out. Domestic demand is huge. Latin in Europe, a little less so, um, just because you, know, you have testing requirements that still exist for coming back to the U.S. that's hurting demand. Um, Asia... Asia is still pretty dead, uh, but you know the airlines have reoriented their schedules to go where people want to go, and, and for where they're flying, there just seems to be unlimited demand right now uh, for those seats, and people are just buying like crazy. Right, so that brings us back to economics, uh, the old supply and demand curve. Uh-huh. The airlines have constraints on how many flights they can fly, mm-hmm. um, not only because of the understaffing issues we already talked about, but also just not having enough airplanes. Uh, Boeing still can't deliver a 787, let alone a 737 MAX 7 or a 737 MAX 10, which are still waiting to be certified. Uh, Americans been begging for more 787s to come in, but the FAA has to clear them. So far, not happening. And Southwest expected its MAX 7s by now, still not certified. United's been ready for its MAX 10s, but that's not even close. Now there's a even much bigger issue, which I'm not even going to get into, about whether it can get certified in time for this congressional mandate that might make it not possible. Let's not get into that. Let's just put it this way. It's a big waiting game. So you have all these airlines not able to fly what they want. You add it up, and what do you get? Uh, Insanely high fares, as I can attest to trying to book travel this summer. (laughs) Yeah, you're on a roll today. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. The airlines will price as high as they can to maximize their revenue. Right now, travelers are basically saying, price whatever you want. We'll buy it. Uh, But that just makes them even more angry when something gets canceled or delayed. Uh, They think they paid more and deserve to be treated better. I mean, they'll be angry either way. Come on. (laughs) But yeah, when you shell out 700 bucks round trip for a domestic ticket, it certainly stings more. (sighs) I know. Ultimately, things will get back to normal, but not in time for the summer. So now all we can do is sit back, hold our breath, and hope the weather stays good on weekends. Thanks for tuning in to Cranky Talk. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. But first, Dave has a special message for you that you've definitely never heard on this podcast before. Yes, if you would like to be a sponsor of Cranky Talk, let us know. Email us at advertise at crankyflyer.com. That is advertise at crankyflyer.com. And please remember to leave us a five-star rating uh, anywhere you get your podcast. If they let you uh, rate and review, uh, please do it five stars only. I don't care if you think it's horrible. Write that in the comments. That's fine. As long as it's five stars, it's all good. I will read whatever you write in here, uh, as long as it's not like horrible and terribly offensive. Uh, <laughs> if it's moderately uh, offensive, only. it's okay. Moderately offensive. I've read those before. Yeah, I've read like s- somebody called us literally awful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we had it coming. It's fine. Yeah, probably. But listen in and hear why we're so awful, and then give us five <laughs> stars. Is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. All right, got it. And if any of you have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, email us at info at crankyconcierge.com. And if you'd like to stay up to date on weekly airline schedule changes, you can now subscribe to the brand new Cranky Network Basics for as little as $25 a month. Learn more at crankynetworkweekly.com. <laughs>